I asked you to take your Bibles out and really can't tell you where to a lot of places this morning. This is not a normal sermon. If you're not new to faith church, normally we take a passage of scripture or a big section or a small section and we work through that passage and that sermon is based on that passage. We're not going to do that this morning. This morning is a family talk, a challenge from God's word based on the authority of God's word for us and for our day. I want to begin by asking you to sit back and listen to the word of God, for it is life. Will you listen carefully, because it revives your soul? Will you listen attentively, because it is more precious than all the riches in the world? And would you listen because faith comes by listening or hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. These words are breathed out by God. They're more profitable than anything that you could ever accumulate or have or obtain. And they are equipping to you for your life. So I want to share these words with you. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water whose fruit gives fruit in its season. Its leaf will not wither. And whatsoever he does, he prospers. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God I shall not take on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me on pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me because I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh dwells secure because he will not abandon my soul to death nor let my Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I surely will, You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Unto you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Those who wait for you will not be put to shame, but they will be ashamed who are treacherous. Make me to know your way, O Lord. 
Teach me your truth and guide me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from all my fears. And those who look to him are radiant and their faces will not be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his troubles. Those who look to him, the angel of the Lord surrounds those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young, si- young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who fear the Lord, they lack no good thing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God and the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And you cannot serve God and money. So therefore, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or drink or what you shall put on. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet I tell you that your heavenly Father feeds them all. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one hour to your span of life? And why why are you anxious about clothing? Look at the flowers of the field. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you that Solomon, King Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of those. So if God so cares about the flower of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he care for you? Oh, you of little faith. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things may be added unto you. Ask and you shall receive it. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and to the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open to you. For which one of you, if you, who has a son, if he asks for you for bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asks for you for fish, you would give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? And so... We know that for those to love God, God works all things together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son 
in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. So what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, shall he not with him freely give us all things? Brothers, sisters, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died more than this, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or danger or nakedness or famine or sword? As it is written, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure of this, that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor things in height or depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer body is wasting away, our inner body, our inner man, is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction, whatever we face, is preparing an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Therefore, So we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Long ago, in many ways and in many times, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, whom we appointed heir of all things, in whom he created the world. He is the radiance of his glory, the express image of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that he might, we might be the righteousness of Christ. So, I conclude with this. Jesus, our Savior, said, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you or me bear fruit unless we abide in him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and With thankfulness in your heart to God, and whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
I quoted these passages of Scripture with the prayer that you would be ministered to. And that part of that ministry would be the God-given Spirit working through His Word. And that the Spirit that breathed these words to go into a book like this so that we could learn them and know them. Would God would give you a desire this decade, this coming decade, to hunger so much for the word or feel so convicted it's that important in your life that you will take it into your mind. My, my family talk this morning is this. I, I want to challenge you to make Bible memory or memorizing the word a high priority and a reality in 2020, or I should say in the 2020s. I believe it will change your life. I believe this memorization, this taking it upon your heart, will will transform your commutes or your drives to school or your times when you're struggling with anxiety and your ability to minister to one another. When you go through trials and tribulation, your parenting, your You're witnessing to others and encouraging brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, it is my goal is to challenge you. And I pray because I can't motivate you enough, but the Holy Spirit can if you are his children to challenge you to make it a high priority so much so that you'll actually get rid of other things. You'll say no to other things in your life because you're going to put say yes to something better. And the way I want to do that this morning is to say, memorize the Word of God this year. We're going to do it together, starting with Daniel 20, or Daniel 2, 20 and 21 for next Sunday, pondering and meditating on it. But I, I want to do it by challenging you, by sharing, sharing with you five reasons why I think it's really important. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about how. But I I really invite you to come Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday at 645. We're going to talk more about the how to do this. But I am so convinced that if, if by the Holy Spirit you understand why it's important, the reward of of taking God's word on your heart, memorizing it, putting it into your brain so that you could say it. Without much anxiety because it just flows. Because you've worked and spent so much time on it. I, I think if you understand the why, you'll figure out how. You'll, you'll, you'll go after it. In the same way as if I told you that, if I, if I said to the congregation, guarantee it, $100,000 to anyone that memorizes Romans 8 by the end of January, you would figure out how to memorize Romans 8 this month. I don't think any of you would go, I'm just not a memorizer. I've tried that. <laughs> I, th- I think the reward would motivate you to figure it out. So the, because, so the, and I want to say that the reward is better than 100000 it, it might not. So I want to give you five. So for one hand, you got five fingers, five reasons. There's more than this. But I want to give you five reasons of why making Bible memory a high, high priority. A priority that will say no to other things. Whether that be gaming, or TV, sleep, anything else. You get up or you prioritize the word and taking it to your mind. Here are the five obedience. They're in the back of your bulletin. 
Obedience, relationship, holiness, warfare, and ministry. I won't spend an equal amount of time in each one. I want to start by, would you memorize the Bible this year? Will you make an effort and do it together as a congregation, starting with Daniel 20, 20 and 21? Will you do that out of obedience to God? And here's what I mean by that. The Bible doesn't say, thou shalt memorize. It's not one of the Ten Commandments or another place where it says it quite like that. But I want to, I want to make an inference. I want you to hear these words, these passages I'm going to read, and I want you to say, I'm going to say, one of the ways we can obey those passages is by memorizing. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. John 15.7, if my, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, they remain in you, they dwell in you. So, dwelling in you richly. Psalm 1 and and 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from our mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do all that is written in it, for then it will make your way prosperous. The psalmist in 119 Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day long. Psalm 119, 148. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Proverbs 2, 1. My son, if you receive my word and treasure up my commandments within you. Or Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he goes on and he says, These words I command you shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently. They shall, you shall talk about them when you sit in your way, in your house, and you walk. Now, if you can do all those things without memorizing, and some can, but I want to I even commend even a better way, a dis, the discipline of pursuit of this. If you can do these things without memorizing, do them and do them with zeal to the glory of God in good conscience. I don't want to bind your conscience. But if you want to obey these commandments, I I think we could all make a good argument about at least working towards meditating and memorizing, learning by heart, taking it to heart. And obedience is the mark of God's children. We obey by faith. These next four points are about like how good they are. Like when God tells us to do things like meditate on my word or let it abide in you, he's not going, because I just want to see you jump through hoops. Let's just see if you'll do it. It's good for you. I, it, it'll, it'll breathe life into you. As Jason preached last Sunday, these are God's words. They are inspired. They equip and are profitable in all ways. Okay, that number one, out of obedience. Number two, relationship with God. The Bible is God's word to us that we know him from and we know what he wants from us. Do not memorize to pass the test to be a good Christian. Do not memorize primarily because I'm asking you to do it. And I'm asking you to do it. Memorize not so you can be a Bible answer man or woman. And don't memorize just to impress other people or your family or me. Memorize to know God. 
Memorize this year so that when you this week take up Daniel chapter 2, verse 20, you're going to ponder this. Blessed be the name of, name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. And you'll start thinking, wisdom and might. He, I'm praying to a God that wisdom and I'm going to think on this God this week who deserves all praise, and he'll be praised forever. God, help me to know you this year. Help me to come into relationship with you, not just so I can pass a test or be able to just say this verse on a Sunday morning. Oh, would you memorize for relationship? Do you know him? I mean, do you really know God? Can you say that? Even though you haven't seen him, do you love him? And how do you get there? How do you love him, never seeing him? By his word, by his spirit, ministering to our hearts as we ponder how he reveals himself, who he is. Would you memorize this year and not, do not stop asking the question, what does this verse that I'm putting to my brain over and over again and saying it over again, what does this say about God that I might know him and trust him? And what promises does this passage say to me? Help me, God, to gaze upon you so, so much so that I will love you and trust you and you will become my greatest friend, even though you are also my God Almighty and my Father. Oh, let's memorize for relationship. Do you know God's promises? Are they yours? I want to invite you today. They can be yours. You can have a relationship with God if you don't have one. It begins by bowing the knee and putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he saves you. By his grace, as you put your trust in what Jesus did on the cross for you in your stead, in your place, do you know that your sins are forgiven and not because of you? Do you know this because you are right now trusting in the work that God did for you through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to die on the cross? For us sinners, though he'd never sinned, have you asked him to for forgive you and save you and make you God's children? You're in a good place if you haven't, because we would love to help you know that you have him as your father in relationship. And Bible memory is a way I call you this year to grow in your relationship with God, which means everything. We pray and we listen in relationship. We learn God's word and we learn how to pray in relationship so that you can... Not have a Bible or an app out or a phone out because they're not always going to be there as you drive to work or you walk into a horrible meeting you feel or a difficult day of school or you're laying in bed and you can't sleep and you're so anxious or angry or sad. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. Preserve me, O God. I have no good beside you. I will not lose heart, though my outer man is wasting away with this disease. My inner person is being renewed as I look to the things that are unseen. Men, older men, will you learn it this year? Don't leave it to young kids or to the ladies in this church. Lead. Okay? Please, thank you men that 
worked really hard this week. Several of you just put it in your mind and work discipline. Guys, let's, we need it. Oh, we need to do it. Many people will say, I can't memorize or I've tried that. I, I believe you can. Our, our Bible, think of our memories. I had a friend, uh, a mentor say to me, or Doug Wilson said once that our memories are like a shoebox, are not like a shoebox, but more like a muscle. You know, you get a shoebox, you put that cover on, but you, can, you can't put anything more. Our memories aren't like that. Our memories are more like a muscle. The more you work on it, the stronger it gets. The more ability you're able to retain. You can get better than you are now. And God will help you grow in relationship as you work in the process of memorization. Third reason, holiness. I want to say to you, let's memorize to grow, to grow in holiness, to be like Jesus. Let's do it to be like Jesus. Holiness is being set apart from sin and anything else and belonging wholly to God. But the process of Bible memory is a way in which we grow to know and to become conformed in the image. God's plan is to make us like Jesus, to to hate sin and let sin's promises, because sin always promises us something, but it's ultimately stupid in the end. God's word that we memorize is meant to blow it out of the water and say, believe in the truth and, do, and disbelieve the lie of Satan. How shall a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word, Psalm 119.9. With my whole heart I seek you. Help me to not wander from your commandment. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 1 Peter 1, 13-16, I think Dave is going to be teaching on it this Saturday. Prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that is be brought for you, brought to you, the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of former ignorance. But as He has called you to be holy, you are to be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy." And I would say you do it by preparing your minds for action by being sober-minded and taking this word upon your mind and in your heart. And it's going to take a lot of work, and it's really worth it. I'd like to say more on that, but I'm going to move to the fourth one. It's memorize the scripture for warfare. The plan that we're going to use each week is called, the plan is by Desiring God, Children's Desiring God, or I think it's Truth 78 something like that, and it's called fighter verses because we use the word to fight against our enemies and we use it to fight for joy. So let me say this, use it for warfare, to fight your enemies and to fight for joy. You could read the armor of God passage. Ephesians 6, stand therefore having fastened the belt of truth. Where do you get the truth? The Bible. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness of the gospel of peace, there's the word. In all circumstances, take the shield of faith. Where do we get faith? The word of God, his promises. And 
The helmet of salvation, where do we know about our salvation and trust God in our salvation? It's the Word of God and His promises. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, We have no defense apart from the Word of God. And I want to say to you, you do not always have a Bible app. You do not always have this book with you. What are you going to do in guarding, arming yourself against the enemies? The enemies of your own sinful flesh and lust that want to attack you all the time. The world that wants to lure you into thinking that other things are better than God. The devil that wants to say, you're a loser. You're so inadequate and you can never, ever arrive. You can never move forward in your life. You're not forgiven. How could God forgive you? How could you actually be saved? There's no way. You take out the sword of the spirit and you say, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than this was raised. He is sitting at the right hand of God and he's interceding. He's praying for me. So go to hell, Satan. That's what we do with the word of God. We use the word of God to fight the accuser in our hearts and claim his promises. We use the word of God to fight against unbelief We get so anxious. So do not be anxious. What can I, how can I add one hour to my span of life by being anxious? No, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto me. Feeling broken and mourning. And we have to fight the temptation to just have a pity party. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We have an enemy, Satan, and I do not, I can't begin to understand all that's involved in this warfare that's spiritually there. But the Bible teaches that he is against us. He is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and he wants your soul. If you're saved, he can't have it, but he can sure lose your testimony, your joy, and strip you of so much that God intends. And frankly, though, God is absolutely sovereign, but he's given us tools and a weapon to fight against him. Satan will accuse us. He'll say that God isn't good and is not worth trusting, just like he said to Eve in the garden, and she believed him. Let us not follow our first parents, Adam and Eve, but our second, our our great brother, Jesus, who went into the garden and said, Your will be done because you are better. And we follow Christ who laid his life down for us. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Do you remember what Jesus was in the wilderness, tempted by Satan, the enemy? And what did he do? He pulls out scripture memory. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. You shall worship the Lord, and him only shall you serve. Man does not live by bread alone. I'm not going to listen to you, Satan, and make stones into bread and and give into you. I am trusting in my Father. Jesus fought with the word. So who do we think we are to fight against the enemy without the word? As I said, I've heard this said, Satan is 10,000 times stronger than you and me, and he wants to devour us. What do you have to fight against him? What will you have in that hospital bed with no access to a Bible? Or in that 
last minute rush to a meeting that you'd so desperately need God's help. Or, God forbid, but if we're persecuted for our faith, we need God's word for warfare. We need God's word for warfare to bring us into that relationship again that he will never leave us or forsake us. He is our God. He has given us promises and he will return us to glory where we will rejoice and enjoy him forever. He will not abandon our soul to Sheol or death or let us see corruption. The last reason I just want to give to you is most of you are church members or attenders here and consider yourself part of a church. You have a job. That job, and I'm called to equip you in that job. This morning is meant to be part of that equipping. No, it's not being a deacon or a Sunday school worker. It's not being in the rotation for cleaning or small group leadership or whatever it is. All those things are good. That's not what I'm primarily talking about. You have a job, and that is to care for and spiritually minister to one another here. And you have a job to be a witness of the saving grace and good news of Jesus Christ to your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, those you go to school with, those you chat with online. You are called to do that. You are called to minister. So the last reason is we need it for ministry. Memorize to minister to others, to serve and care for others. I want this more in my life, and I hope you do too. I need the word to be encouraged and then to encourage others. I need to, when I'm discouraged, you quote scripture to me, not in a, some kind of cliche, kind of better, better than you kind of way. Well, you know that God works all things together good, but it is, I want you to remind me of the truths this year. And, and you need me reminding you, and you need each other reminding each other. What do you say when you visit your brother or sister or your family member when you're in the hospital? Say, I don't, I'm sorry for your hurt and your pain. I'm praying for you. I care for you. But do you mind if I share with you a passage of Scripture that has become real dear to me so much so that I've, I can't stop thinking about it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, can I pray that with you? God, would you please... Help my friend here. He needs your shepherding care right now. I can't do it, but you can. Thank you that your son, and you spent a long time thinking about that verse because you had to memorize it and you had to digest it. What about your neighbor who needs the Lord? Do you know God's word enough to share his word with him in helpful ways? Beyond just John 3.16, which is a great place to start. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I'd love to share what that really means. The point here is not so we'll be the Bible answer man. None of us could be that great at being Bible answer men. But we can have the word abiding in us. I wish there was more fingers on one hand and I'd give you a lot more. Like, your prayer life really needs you memorizing the Word of God. But we're going to stop it there. So how do you start Bible memory, making it a reality today, tomorrow? 
Let's do it together as a church. See the bulletin? Now, there was a little confusion, partly because online there was a breakdown in the website that we're using, and so hopefully they'll get it fixed. But if you get the app, it's called Fighterverse. You can get it on an iPhone or Android. It's $2.99, one-time fee. It's really worth it. It's, it's worth the price of a Starbucks coffee, um, especially with if you gave a good tip or something like that. Um, it, it is really helpful. But this week, we're going to do Daniel 2, 20 and 21. We got a head start on it. You heard it a little bit this morning. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Let that turn into prayers. God, give me wisdom because there's no wisdom found but you. God, give me knowledge. I need it from you, but not for my sake, but for your sake. Help me to trust in your wisdom and your might this week. Help me to praise you like this. Help me to bear your name. Praise be the God forever and ever, for your name is great. You changed times and seasons. You started this new year, this new decade. You brought that about. You bring seasons in our lives, and you take them away, and i got to trust you. You remove kings. You're in charge of all the affairs of what's going on in Iran, in America, in whatever country that I see on the news. Oh, God, help me to trust you this week and know you. There are so many ways. I, I bet I could get 15 great, great ideas and suggestions from you, especially if you've been memorizing Scripture, and I'll go, man, use that. There's, there's not one right way. I just, I'll, I'll just say for me, I'm going to share this on Wednesday night. I, I came up with WAP, W-A-A-P. Write it out in divisions. So I, I divided... Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. That's part one. To whom belong wisdom and might. That's part two. And I break it down. And I just say part one over and over again. That's A, I audibly recite it. I got to say it out loud so my ear hears it. I say it over and over and over again. I quoted a lot of scripture at the beginning. And that was years of just remembering it and saying it and saying it and going on walks and saying it out loud for the birds and the flowers and the people and the neighbors, they saw me talking to myself. <laughs> Let your neighbors see you talk to yourself. And turn it into prayers for your family, your wife, your husband, your kids, your parents, your classmates, your siblings. I need to audibly, that's the second is I, I need to apply the passage with questions. What does this passage tell me about me and God and how I need to trust him more? Is there anything in this passage I'm memorizing that I need to confess and sin? Anything I need to start obeying? Is there anything I need to start believing that I haven't been believing like I really should? Anything that I should pray? And the last one is I need to pray and share it. So this, this week, let's, let's work on these verses, but let's work on them in a way that we'll share it with each other. Let's remind each other these truths. We don't need a lot of new information. We need to be reminded of great truths that change our lives. I challenge you to memorize such a way that you make it a high priority. That means other things go away if, if they need be. And, and I, I, here's an analogy. I love running. I like running. I run every day, a couple miles, sometimes more. I didn't start loving running. 
I started to run because I wanted the reward of running. So I sacrificed back pain and leg pain and lung pain and heart pain. I hated running, but I loved the reward. I believed that there was a reward from running for health reasons, feeling more fit, losing some weight. Over time, as I did it, because I knew in my head it was good, I grew to love running. I grew to love what was good for me, at least that I thought was good for you. Most of you say running's not good for you. So you might find yourself going, I don't like doing this. And I want to say, would you, would you consider these five things and say, really good for you? And you'll love the reward so much if you'll do it. And we need to help each other out. And every Sunday is like an accountability day as we come. And Lord willing, we, Daniel 2, 20 and 21 next week. If the why is there, meaning you believe the reward is so valuable. And I do. There is nothing more great than knowing Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, through his word. If that is that big a deal, how will go after it? You might not be great at it, but you'll let God's word abide in you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we now come to your table, we would bless the name of the Lord our God. We would praise you forever and ever because of your power and your might your wisdom and might. Minister to us through this, another memory aid, but minister to us in a special way and build our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite the usher or the deacons that are going to come up. I'm going to invite the deacons to come up and I want to challenge you to now, we're going to take of communion. We're going to take of bread. We're going to take of juice wine that represents the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Here is, in some ways, I don't want to, this sounds too trivial. It's like a memory aid, but it's a God-given memory aid where God says, I want you to remember my death until I come. And so we're going to remember what we already know. You guys can come here on the sides. And, and we're going to come and we're going to take of this. And let's take of it and let us rejoice that his word gave us life. He spoke and he gave us physical life and he spoke Jesus Christ. The word came and gave us spiritual life. And so as we, let's, maybe we apply this as we take and we eat and we drink. Let us remember that he is our spiritual life and how desperately we need Jesus and what he provided for us on the cross. And let us, let us so make it our prayer and a commitment that we would feed on the word of God this year trusting in his promises, looking to his grace that is all provided for us through Jesus Christ who became our substitute. He became sin who knew no sin in order that on our behalf that we might have his righteousness. You don't have to be a member here at this church, but you do need to have been born again by Christ Jesus. You have to put your, have repented of your sins and put your trust in Christ and obeyed him, obeyed him by identifying with him by being baptized. And then we invite you to come. We encourage you to be part of this church or another gospel preaching church. Be a member and put yourself into that accountability and care. But today, we're glad you're here with us.
We're going we're gonna to walk down these two aisles. Those that are here normally will lead the way and just come here. You'll take a piece of bread. You'll take a cup and go back to your seat, and I will lead you in taking of communion. Take this time to greet one another, to pray, and to call out to God. I love this opportunity to see the body of Christ coming forward, expressing their dependence on God and his grace and what he did for us on the cross. So let me give thanks. Father, thank you.